again. And it's good to know that we have that tonight. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7 is where we'll be at tonight. And we'll start with verse 1. And when you get to Mark chapter 7, verse 1, if you can, please stand to pay reverence to the reading word of God. Mark chapter 7, verse 1, the Word of God says this, Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defile, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received a hold as the washing of, of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well, hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things like ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or more, it is Corban, then it is to say a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And you suffer him no more to do the aught of his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through the tradition which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for letting us come together here tonight. We thank you for the spirit that we've already felt. Lord, I thank you for the song service and Lord, Father, I, I thank you for the ones that you blessed us here with tonight and, and the desire that you place in this church's heart. I, I pray, Lord, Father, that you continue to send souls for the higher, Lord, that you'll uh, hear babes crying in an altar, Lord, that we'll uh, hear the crying of repentance, the turning away of their wickedness. And uh, Lord, I, I know, Lord, Father, that we can search this church out and you'll find uh, honorable men and women. Lord, you'll find people, Lord, that will honor your word and do what you tell them to do. Lord, I pray that you'll keep sending, Lord, Father, those, uh, those commandments, those teachings, that instruction. Lord, uh, continue to give them guidance, give them that light, Lord Father, they need to be that light to a lost and dying world, Lord Father, continue to help us, uh, uh, continue to use the scripture tonight as we've studied it, Lord, and help us uh, to edify the kingdom, in Jesus' name I ask, amen. amen. You can be seated tonight. Now in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 7, uh, a lot of you have read this piece of scripture, I'm sure, it's probably been preached, uh, it seemed like it wasn't very long ago that I remember this being preached by somebody, uh, I don't really remember where I heard it or who I heard it from, uh, so I don't believe it's something that a lot of us haven't heard, uh, but we have to understand uh, one simple thing that we get from uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, and even a little further into the scripture, is that is, are we doing something that's God? God has commanded us to do, or are we doing something that man has commanded us to do? 
Are we truly harnessing what God has said in Scripture? Or are we making up something that's like Zach Stone said? Uh, now, in my life, my, my wife can tell you I preach a pretty good Bible at home. It's the Bible of Zach Stone. Uh, certain things uh, go certain ways, and certain things I want to be done a certain way. Hey, they get done a certain way according to thus saith Zach Stone sometimes. Uh, uh, but in my walk of life in ministry, uh, in my walk of life in studying the Word of God, uh, it can no longer be about what Zach Stone says. Uh, uh, preaching behind a pulpit can no longer be about uh, who the preacher is and what he wants to say. It can't be uh, what the church uh, exactly wants to do. It has to be what God wants the church to do. Uh, so many of us have fallen away from the teachings and understandings that we must do what saith the, the, of God, what says God. God for us to do what Jesus has commanded us to be as Christians today and being Christ-like. What does that mean? So many times we twist that around. It means that we dress up nice, that we show up on Sunday mornings, that we, we do certain things during the week and we, we've made it a commandment of man and made a, a religion of Christianity, which is not really a religion, it's the truth. We shouldn't be living a religion on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights or, or whenever it is that you gather, but we should be living a way that's pleasing unto God. Uh, Lord, help us if we start devising techniques and opportunities that go against what the Word of God says. Now, I've heard stories, and I know most of you have, we've heard stories of people uh, that they make up these certain traditions, uh, things that they do. We have a Christmas traditions or, or Thanksgiving or Easter things. And, hey, we just do them that way. We probably uh, get together, and you, you always have a ham or green beans or, or what have you. I heard a story a guy told me, and you may have heard a story yourself, where uh, this lady for years, uh, uh, she grew up and she took, a, and she baked a ham or a roast, We'll just say a roast uh, uh, for Sunday dinner. Uh, she would take the roast uh, and she would cut the end off the roast. Uh, and she would bake the roast just that way. And her daughter seen her doing that for years. Uh, and she moved out of the house. Uh, and guess what her, her daughter did? Uh, her daughter would take that roast uh, and she'd cut the end of it off uh, and she'd place it in the oven. Now finally her husband asked her one day, said, why are you cutting the end off that roast? Uh, she said, well, uh, uh, that's just the way Mama always did it. Oh, so he said, why is that the way Mama always did it? She called Mama up on the phone. She said, Mama, uh, why did you always cut the end off the roast uh, that we had for a meal every week? She said, honey, I only had a pan this big, and the roast was always that big. We always had to fabricate that thing, to, and it became a tradition that meant nothing. Uh, we, we hold traditions, uh, even at home and, and, and at different places, that make no sense. Uh, there's a story of a man that he took his his breakfast every morning and he crushed up his bacon uh, he crushed up mixed up his eggs uh, uh, threw the grits in there mixed it up into a big old mush pile and that's how he eat his breakfast his son seen him eating his breakfast that way he said daddy uh, why are we doing it this way he said that's the way my daddy always did it he said you call granddaddy and ask him uh, they called granddaddy they said granddaddy why did you do it that way for so many years he said son I ain't got no teeth I had to mush the stuff up now we can laugh about that those stories, but it becomes tradition when it doesn't mean really anything. We have a tradition that we have to appease. The Pharisees, my goodness, they let verse 3, for the Pharisees and all the Jews except they wash their hands off, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. They looked at them and said, why aren't you doing it the way we've always done it? 
Why aren't you cutting the end off that roast? Why aren't you mixing your, your food together at breakfast to eat them? They have become a, a, a group of people that looked at tradition over time instead of worrying about what God has commanded. You know, in this particular time, and they still have it, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, since the beginning of the giving of the law of Moses and the much more laws that followed that, I believe there's uh, 300 and some odd laws in the Bible that you'll find that they had to follow, that the Pharisees and the scribes and all these Levite priests, they had wrote a book. They had thousands of laws. It's called the Mishnah. If you go look at it in Jewish, uh, 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 how they observe things, you look up the Mishnah, it's all the different laws, the, all the different governings that they had created to follow. The Mishnah created when, when Jesus was around. Oh, Jesus knew about the Mishnah. Do you not believe that when those disciples went through that field and He seen them partake of the, of the wheat of the field and eat it? And He didn't run through His mind and say, they're going to say something about that Mishnah. They're going to say something about not cutting our end of that rosa. They're going to say something about how we worship in church or how we address in church. Jesus did not recognize man's law. Why? Because man's law means nothing. The sacraments, the rituals that people had set up, the Levites and the priests meant nothing to Jesus Christ. Jesus came to fulfill the law and to fulfill what God hath commanded. He didn't come to fill what a Pharisee had wrote. He didn't come to fulfill what some kind of opinion somebody had. When he came and walked on this in this world, he came to fulfill God's promises. He came to fulfill God's law. Now, when you start having traditions that is more important than God's law, you have a dangerous place when you take God's law and replace it with man's law. Now, there's a lot of churches, and I won't call out denominations or churches around here that do it, but there are, are churches and denominations that take God's commandments and remove them and put in man's commandments. And I, I don't understand it. Why they think they can take something clearly in the Bible that says is not acceptable and say that it is. In the church house today, I don't understand how we can say something is wrong when nowhere in the Bible does it really say that it's wrong. We like, even as Baptists, I'll get on y'all in a minute. There's a lot of people that like to point at things and look at things. Uh, even, even in this time, they had Corbin, and I might be pronouncing that wrong. C-O-R-B-A-N, I, I see Corbin. We, 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 we see a law given that the Pharisees had come up with. And what Corbin was is that if you had enough money and your mama and daddy were sick, and this is the simplest way I know to put it, if your mom and daddy need money, and you're tired of giving your mom and daddy money, you bring enough money to the priest, and you can buy off what God's commandment says to honor thy father and thy mother. If you got enough money to bring to the priest, and pay him off and say, you know, I'm going to dedicate all this money to God. And I'm going to become devoted to God, me and my money. That when mom and daddy says, son, uh, we're doing bad, we need money, they say, oh, my money's dedicated to God. That's what the Levites and the priests were doing. They said, well, we, we, we've dedicated that money to, to God, mama. We, get, we can't give you no money. And they had plenty. They had turned away from honoring their father and their mother, a clear commandment in the Word of God, and they found a little loophole. <laughs> but they found the loophole through what they had created. They said, well, what our law says, we can devote all our money 
and we can turn away from our mom and our dad. Isn't it sad to, when they were called out on their badness, on their, on their crookedness, on loopholes, that they realized that they made a mistake? We teach so many times man's law. The Catholics teach something that's very, very interesting. They teach that the papal uh, infallibility. Y'all understand what that is? They say that anything the Pope says is as good as the Word of God. Y'all realize that? Now, I don't know if y'all heard it. I'm not trying to get political and tell y'all to turn against the Catholic Church. Uh, we, we had the, uh, uh, the movement where we separated from them, and we, we have that today. But, you know, the Catholics teach that, and anything the Pope says is as good as the Bible. And some of the things that's been said by the Pope in the last three or four years, I don't understand. They're saying that that is the Word of God. They're saying that is ordained by God. That's Him speaking through the Pope. You know, when John Calvin first started the church, first started attending church, he first started preaching, uh, he was Presbyterian in the church that he was at, John Calvin always wore a hat to church. John Calvin wore a hat to church every Sunday. And what happened was he wore a hat, and the only time that he removed his hat in church service was to pray. He would take his hat off to pray, and when he got done, he'd put his hat back on. And you know what the Presbyterian church became? For almost 250 to 300 years, all Presbyterian churches wore hats to church. All the men wore hats every Sunday. They would only remove them to pray. And then it was uncovered that the only reason John Calvin wore a hat to church was, one, it was cold. <laughs> Second is they had birds in their church, and they were bad about going on your head. And he wore a hat to church. For 200 and some odd years, they did it just because he did it, and they didn't even know why. Think about that, church. You can laugh at that, and we can think about the Catholics, we can think about the Presbyterians, but hey, hey, the Baptists have some crazy thoughts too. I've heard from Baptist churches, you may be guilty of it, I don't care if I hurt your feelings tonight. You may be thinking, oh, dancing is of the depth. <laughs> I've heard that before. I've taught a little bit against it, but my goodness, uh, we think that is some kind of major sin to dance. Hey, my wife and me, we go to dancing classes we've been before. If y'all don't like it, we dance. We dance together. I'm sorry. We, we, some people say you can't play cards. Playing cards is a sin. Hey, in the church house, they try to make silly things up that we have tradition. You can't dance. You can't play cards. You better wear a suit and tie if you preach. Sorry. I gave that up a while back. <laughs> we hold traditions. Now, those traditions, I want you to realize something about tradition. They're not wrong. Traditions are not wrong. You can have traditions. I have traditions. You have traditions. This church that we're standing in tonight has traditions. They're not wrong, but are they required? Are we saying that those things are more important than what God says? Are we saying that we have to do things a certain way and they are higher than what God has commanded us to do? We, we look at Scripture sometimes and they cut us all the way down to the bone. The, the Word of God says it is sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God will cut you all the way. And I, I'm glad that that Word of God will cut you because some of us need to wake up and realize that traditions don't mean a, a hill of beans. We need to be scared that we're replacing God's commandments with man's commandments, but we also need to realize that we don't need to practice uh, uh, religious practices won't make us acceptable to God. Do you all realize that? Religious practices, me wearing a suit, does not make me acceptable to God. Okay? Me wearing 
a shirt. Me not wearing a tie doesn't make me unacceptable. <laughs> hey, us coming to church and, and doing church, if you move your church services back 30 minutes, church, I want you all to know this. You may not want it, but I don't care. If you move your church back 30 minutes on your service time, half of you start crying. Say, so why did you move our church services 30 minutes? We've always been here at 10 o'clock. Sunday school at 9.30 would just kill us. If you moved it to 10.30, there'd be even more crying. You're messing up lunchtime. We, we look at tradition and so many vantage points, they make no sense. We look at religious practice and saying, holier than thou, and it ain't nothing. Now, uh, we, uh, we think something, awkward, you know, our, our outward appearance, the only thing that an outward appearance does is it makes you feel good. That's it. Church, if, you, if you're going out and you're doing good deeds, the, you know, the Bible tells us that works does not save you. If you're going out and praying with people, they're saying, well, praying with people doesn't save you. It doesn't wash you. It doesn't make you whole. So many times we get caught up in this making ourselves acceptable to God. Now, how many people in here tonight would be declared righteous by what you've been doing? <coughs> Who here would be declared righteous before an almighty God because of religious acts that you've done. You know, the Bible tells us that there are many that come before God. We've cast out demons in thy name. We've done all these wonderful works. And hey, right there it shows us it doesn't really matter a whole lot what you look like, what you say, what you go out and do. What we have to do is just as he told old Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Salvation, the religious practice will not make you acceptable to God. You have to understand that salvation is getting a new heart. In the church house today, there's nothing a whole lot that we can muster up, put together. I don't care what kind of money you put together, what kind of car you bought, what kind of suit you're wearing. When you show up to church, we're all on the same playing field. We're all sinners. And praise God, if you've been saved, you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, but you're still a sinner. We're, we're a level playing field. I'm glad that the Bible tells us, and a lot of Baptists don't like this, but we have a ministry. Each and every one of us are ministers unto the blood of Jesus Christ. We have something we must do. Uh, Nicodemus was told he would never be good enough unless he was born again. The church house today tries to make up things to where you're good enough to enter into heaven. It ain't going to work. We try to make traditions of of, of joining a Baptist church maybe somehow and having a certificate with your name on it, that'll get you to heaven. We have churches that teach uh, uh, baptizing these little infants uh, and eventually baptizing them again and they'll be fine. That They'll go on to heaven and I, I haven't found that in Scripture anywhere. We, we have things that we teach people uh, to recite over and over and over. A priest will tell you, hey, go home, say this, come back, uh, uh, sprinkle holy water, you're forgiven. That's nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> And we teach those things. And I'm not trying to beat up other denominations. I'm trying to tell you that man's commandment, man's ideas do not line up with what God says to do. They're going to be different. They're going to require you to do something. They're going to require you to give something. I'm glad that Jesus' commandment was just believe in me. Believe in me and follow me. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He died on that cross. He was put in a tomb. He rose again. Praise the Lord. He didn't require me to do anything else but believe in Him. To trust in Him. To call upon His name. To put everything that I have in my life in His hands. It wasn't anything else. 
I'm glad he didn't give me no traditions. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't tell me to dress up nice. I'm glad he didn't tell me to have the nicest car. He told me you must be born again. You need regeneration. That being born again is talking about how you act on the outside. It, does, it says very clearly, I believe it's in this chapter, it's not what defiles a man that goes into his mouth. It's what he does. It doesn't really say what comes out of his mouth. It says what he does is what defiles him. What you do today, people, what you do tonight, what you do when you leave this place tonight, is not what, not what goes in that defiles you. It's not what you eat. It's not what you drink. It's, it's not washing your hands and ceremonially doing something. It's what you do. How you act. How you behave. I have caught myself multiple times over the years realizing that I am not behaving like a Christian. I'm not behaving like a man of God should. How many times have we truly looked at ourselves and said, we know that we've done wrong? I'm glad that the Word of God shows me that. I'm glad that we need regeneration. We need the blood applied. Tonight, if you hold any of man's traditions above what God has commanded, you're wrong. I want you to know that. If you hold what your ideas are above what the Word of God says, you're wrong. God is right. Now, a lot of people don't like to read the tough verses, and I won't even get on any of those subjects. <laughs> you don't e I don't even have to uh, make anything up. You know what they are. You know what you struggle with. There are scriptures in here that I struggle with. I say, Lord, why uh, does that have to be that way? You know why it has to be that way? Because that's how it is. That's how God's Word is. That's exactly what He's instructed us to do. Lord, why are we required to do that? Lord, why do, why do we follow this? And Lord, why, do we, why have you commanded that? Love thy father and thy mother. He tells us to love him above everything and to love thy neighbor as thyself. And I say, Lord, my neighbors are mean. <laughs> Traditions of man say, hey, you don't take no bull off nobody. When I was raised up, I'm not afraid to say it. My daddy told me to go to school. Anybody started a fight, he said, you better finish it. I don't know if that was real Christian-like teaching, but, you know, that was a tradition that I was taught. We didn't take nothing off nobody. We are taught traditions sometimes in our church, in our homes, in our work, from the pulpit. Lord, help us at some of the traditions that I've heard come behind pulpits. Lord, help some of the meetings that I've been in. That man's tradition comes out. Lord, help us. Y'all are having a conference here in a minute. <laughs> Lord, help y'all. If y'all start worrying about how you think and feel other than how God thinks and feels. Lord, help us. If we can't hold on to that word and just love our community. Lord, help us if we can't do what the word of God says. Lord, help us if we can't pray and seek his guidance. Lord, help us if it's a church of Zach Stone or my daddy Jeff Stone's a pastor here. It ain't, it ain't, he ain't, it ain't church ain't about him. Church ain't about none of y'all. Church is about Jesus. I'm glad that when you call upon his name, he hears you. He's sitting on the right hand being intercessor. I'm glad tonight that if you need a healing touch, that if you need to call upon God Almighty that created man from the dust of the ground, you can call on him. That's beyond any kind of tradition I can think of. That's a tradition we should know and know that we can fall on our face and crawl out to an almighty God and he hears us. That should put a smile on your face, church. If you're a Christian tonight, you have a, a reason to shout, a reason to, to run up and down the aisles to get excited to know that somebody died for you. I'm glad tonight 
that the Word of God clearly shows us. Don't listen to traditions. Listen to God. As they get a verse of some song ready tonight, Brother Billy, if you will, get a, get a page selected out here tonight. I want you to know, church, you may have an opinion of what you need to do. You, you may have something going on in your life, and you may say, well, this is the way that it's always been done. Uh, the church may have something going on that the church needs to do, and they stand back and we say, well, what's the way we've always done it? Why don't you quit thinking that way? Why don't you quit thinking, what's the way we've always done it? And let's just say, what's the way that God would want it to be done? What's the way that God would have us to be a blessing? What's the way that we can see people accept Christ the way that we need to see people accept Christ? How do we see pews filled up other than shooting fireworks and giving away hot dogs? How can we show people God because we pray, because we love, because we witness, because we love the Lord? And they can see that within us. Let's throw away all the traditions, the things that everybody thinks is normal. Let's just become abnormal just like Jesus was. You know, when they looked at old Jesus, they thought he was crazy. A lot of people look at me sometimes, they think I'm crazy. I may have some kind of thought, may have say something I want to say, but I want you to know something. If we listen to God, we won't do it the way everybody else is doing. We won't always act the way everybody else acts. We won't always preach and teach the same way people preach and teach if we do it the way God wants us to do. Are we doing everything... Right now in your life, the way God wants you.